When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Supported by thegeldedend.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player-signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. One man leaves, another arrives. We barely had time to get to know him, and now, like a flash, he's gone. After that brief interlude, we turn to the future and the beginning of a hopeful new era. Goodbye, Andros Townsend. Hello, Danny Webber. Welcome to Podcast 45. I'm pleased to say, after a week off, we'll explain more about that in a second, I'm joined by Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello there. And Oddie. Hello. Uh, welcome back, Oddie. Oddie's been in hospital, having a little operation. And we're pleased to say that he, or she, has now returned in a slightly <laughs> different, different guise. Welcome back, Oddwina, after your surgery. Ooh. <laughs> All recovered now, I hope? All recovered. Excellent news. Yes. Uh, that's why we had last week off, and I was up skiing on a Bulgarian mountain, but that's a different story. Me it's a Michael. euphemism. <laughs> like I said, it's a different story. Not Michael fed- and me were ready. We were born ready. Issue 7 of the magazine has been on sale. We're down to the last few hundred copies, I believe, for that, so they're going to be on sale. Uh, is that this weekend? At the Southampton game, yes. Fantastic. So grab yours if you still haven't got one. Of course, you can get yourself a download on the website. Go to thesquareball.net. And we look forward to getting Issue 8 out for you for the West Ham match, which is on Paddy's Day, March the 17th. We think. We haven't checked. It's around that time. Quite. Again, our research shining through. We should again. know when the games that are and the mags are out. We'll just pl- play by the seat of our pants. Aussie's knickers. <laughs> There's a hell of a lot to get through in this one because it's three weeks since we last did this and not much has happened, but, you know, we should probably give due attention to, uh, I don't know, let's say Colin's arrival as manager. Well, before even before we get to that, we have had the whole era of a, a manager has come, gone, left his mark. Indeed. We'll talk about Neil Redfern in just a second then. And we will be speaking to the Leeds United Supporters Trust chairman, Gary Cooper, on the telephone a little bit later on. But let's deal with Neil's era and what an epoch it was. Fantastic stuff. Saturday, the 11th of February, Leeds won Brighton 2. Bettered only by Carver's era, I would suggest. It's hard to separate them. How many games did Carver get? Four. Was it one, Four. one victory we, and three We beat defeats. Birmingham, didn't we? And it seemed everything might be all right. And then it, it very quickly became clear that it was actually a disaster. The crucial thing with um, with Carver's time in charge was that it, they didn't have to take it off him halfway through his last game. Although maybe they should have done. They maybe should have done, but nobody... There's no one there to do it, I suppose, was there? Yeah, that was the one there. Apart the from Dennis advantage. Wise, who's probably too busy 
punching sleeping men in the face or probably a bit frightened of John Carver, Dennis Wise. I, I reckon he wouldn't. He wouldn't have gone. I mean, Warnock clearly didn't give a toss about Neil Redfern. Just you know, push it, push him out of the way, hand in face. I'll handle this, Redders. Well, we will come on to the Doncaster match, which is when all this stuff happened in a minute. Do the Brighton game first, because there's a very different feeling among the fan base. We, we hadn't had the lift of uh, Colin's arrival at that point, had we? And we, we saw the big protest march before the game. Uh, an absolutely abysmal game in itself as well. The return of Gus. Becchio equaliser, but last minute winner. Dagger to the heart. Mikhail Smith, who I'm pretty sure someone said wouldn't score. As soon as everyone's, surely everyone in the ground though, once they saw him come on, so he'll score. Yeah. And then within, how long was it? Three, four minutes? Something like that. He just tapped one in on that. I'm still not entirely sure how he was stood unmarked a yard from goal with the ball at his feet. Either. Hey, have you not but, been watching us this season? Well, <laughs> hmm. that's why we had to get rid of Grayson to get the defence sorted so he didn't lose silly goals like well, that. Well, as, as Lonna's said about Red as well, or was it Clayton's? I can't remember. One of them saying how they're doing lots more tactical stuff in, in training and. Um, which immediately filled with food. We're doing, we're doing more tactical stuff. Didn't do tactics. Stand over there. Oh, we're doing tactics. <laughs> Can we just add as well? I mean, we will get onto this in the news section about the return of Leeds United players on Twitter. Um, dear me. Don't you worry for what's going on behind closed doors there at Thorpe Arch. One know? thing Grayson got right was saying no Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> we criticised him a bit, didn't we? Saying we'd he, dried up a, a line of information into the club. But they're just a bunch of idiotic twats, aren't they? Let them speak. <laughs> oh no, don't let them speak. <laughs> Not a, don't let them speak to Stan Collymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that in a minute then. So anything more to add about this Brighton game? It was just an all-round disastrous day at the office. It's bloody awful. I mean, was this the game where someone asked if I would write the match report for it afterwards? And I just said that I really had absolutely nothing to say of any note or interest. I, I just... I don't think I was even looking at the pitch. I was just staring straight ahead for most of the second half, just looking at the, the sky, waiting for it to be over. Then Brighton scored, and then I slumped. And then Becchio scored, brief moment of interest. And then, oh, what well, happened at the end? From, from bad to worse, from the 11th of February to the Valentine's Day loving at the Rico Arena. Again, we should probably just turn the floor over to you, Moscow, and stand Two well penalties. Back. Stand Two well back. bloody penalties. And he's acting like... Like he invented football. I mean, I would... Sorry, what was that? Who's the he? The, the man goes by the name of Gary McSheffrey. And he's not one of my favourite people, mainly because although he may think it's something to be able to score two penalties at home for the club he's doomed to haunt until the day he dies, he couldn't cope with playing on loan at Leeds United. However, he could whinge about it since he went back. Whinge specifically about Simon Grayson, which I still think Bates will have had that in the back of his mind when the sacking came around. Well, go, going through the list of complaints, that Gary McSheffrey seemed like a nice boy and he didn't like him either. I'll tell you what I think. I think no one's as bothered about it as you. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's me and Gary McSheffrey, probably the only two people who, who care. And the one thing I do have in common with Gary McSheffrey is I could score two sodding penalties, even against a goalkeeper as mediocre as Andy Lonergan. I reckon I would back myself to get two penalties. I'm amazed McSheffrey actually scored both of them. I was really hoping that that last-minute penalty, bottle it, bottle it. And I think that's there wasn't enough bad mind in that stadium because there is only me that actually cares about this. However, <laughs> if more people cared about this, that second penalty wouldn't have scored because I'm sorry to get all Yuri Geller on on the the situation, but if enough Leeds fans in that stadium had been concentrating on the colour orange, 
Gary McSheffrey would have missed that penalty. It would have it would have gone and joined Charlie Adams in another dimension, and we wouldn't even be having well, we'd be having half of this conversation because it was the first goal where he ran around pointing at the back of his shirt as if he'd achieved something great. <sighs> Just. I mean, they're going down this season, so the last laugh will be ours unless Warnock really messes this up. But they're going down, so we're not going to see Gary McSheffrey again for a long time. And it annoys me that the the last sight of him was shirt off, running around with his pigeon chest, just beating it like a a baby gorilla in a, a Bulgarian zoo that should be closed down. Which is how I feel about Coventry City nowadays. As Meanwhile... Well. We've Meanwhile, we're back from the pub. Yeah, we've played Doncaster <laughs> on the 18th anyway after that. And uh, 3-2 victory, the end of the Redfern era and the start, very much the start of the Warnock era. Half-time intervention. 1-0 defeat was the end of the Redfern era. Yes, just about. Well, no. Colin Colin didn't, wasn't allowed on the bench, was he? Because he hadn't put his name down to be on the bench, even though there was a space which he said he instantly regretted. Because he hadn't realised how terrible Redfern <laughs> yes. was. I thought this man was competent. Ken was going to give him the job. Well, Michael, you've been quite vociferous about the Carver-esque disaster on the forum, saying that, you know, it's been nothing but an out-and-out failure. Do you stand by that? Well, yeah. Look at the results. We've we managed to lose. We would Had it not been for the intervention, we probably would have lost to bottom of the league twice in a week because I think we managed to get Coventry off the bottom of the league. So then I think maybe Doncaster went bottom for a little bit. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so we, we could have, I mean, that's all virtually impossible, losing to the bottom of the league twice in a week. But we very nearly did it. And it wasn't so much that I've got anything against Redfern, and I, I'd spent, because you wouldn't do the Brighton Report Moscow, I spent most of that slagging him off. It's the fact that we were given him as an option, and he, they were so clearly desperate to appoint him as a cheap option. Every every single thing coming out of the club, from Lorimer, from Lonners, from... Uh, Snodders. Snodders. Whiters. Everyone, whiters. The, the lot of Bruce's. them, they were all on this bandwagon saying, oh he's, oh, he's dead good, he's dead good, he's done this, he's done that, he's dead friendly. We all really like him. And then, at the end of it, we've just had shit. We managed to beat Bristol, who are nine By men. default. Yeah, and then limped through another few games. Plus, Bates had said that they were four winnable games as well, which yeah. only heaps more pressure on the poor lad. Really. Well, that's so, what's so annoying, is they bloody were. If we'd stuck with Simon Grayson for all his faults, I would think we would have won all three. Or even all four, because we've only got the three on the cheat here. I reckon we'd have got 12 out of 12. Simon Grayson wasn't that bad that he wouldn't have beaten these bottom-of-the-table nonsense teams. Well, the argument is backward steps to take forward steps, I guess, isn't it? But, but why? Say why, not, why not just... Why break stride? Why not just say, Grayson's gone, but Warnock's in. There we go, carry well, on. Well, let's let's save this discussion for the next bit and deal with the football here, because there's quite a lot to talk about, particularly the fact we were 2-0 down, didn't deserve anything more. Andros Townsend, well, he's going to be great for us, isn't he? He got one back for us. He looked all right in this game. Yeah, good. Oh, look forward to seeing him in a white shirt in the future. <laughs> let's talk about some of the major incidents, such as therobbyrogers.com came on. R.I.P. Uh, Rest in peace, Bobby. <laughs> it was amazing, actually, for all the time he was down, how many people were just joking about, God, I think, I think he is dead. Anyway, <laughs> what are you doing after the game? I was uh, sitting with Oddie during the second half of this, and it was a case of just having a chat, looking across, and he, is he still still dead? Uh, oh, there's, uh, there's some ravens appeared on top of the, uh, the West Stand. It's, um, They're carrying him off in two bits. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a carrier bag with his head in. <laughs> but it's, for um, I think just, you know, six minutes of some yank, nobody gave a toss at that point. If, if it was uh, Robert Snodgrass, I would have been on the pitch weeping. We can't get to the end of this game without mentioning El Hadj Juff. Um, so uncharacteristic to be getting involved in a fracas, <laughs> spitting, winding people up, winding the crowd up. 
Didn't he cause it all? Never mind getting involved, I think he... Well, yeah, I was uh, trying to understate his case because it's normally such a placid character. It was quite good, that, with uh, the cops singing because uh, he was having a go at Alex Bruce for some reason. Maybe he's a friend of Stan Collymore's. Uh, Brucey, Brucey, knock him out. That was a pretty good song. And we'll pay your fine for you. That I was wonder my if favorite. Rogers was laid on the ground coming round hearing that and thinking, no, Brucey, don't. <laughs> don't <finish laughs> I'm only just coming round. Why do they hate me so? <laughs> it's an horrible... Bastard, isn't he? Yell had Juff. Yeah. It's amazing how it managed to keep going all the way down the tunnel as well, because I actually hung back at the end and I was watching as so all the players went off, thinking something's going to kick off. But it didn't. Turned around and said, oh, well, there you go. And it must have been just as soon as I turned my back that half of West Yorkshire police were going down the tunnel trying to uh, to drag. Um, I love the rumour that it was Tom Lees. I Lees has snapped. <laughs> I imagine this happens everywhere Juve goes, though. I imagine he's escorted out by police most... If you're just in the supermarket, he'll get in a, a spat with the, the checkout woman over weighing some grapes and he'll have to be dragged away and he'll spit in this poor woman's face. And He's just, he's just incapable of... Being a nice man. He's not a human, is he? On the absolute opposite end of the spectrum, from a man who is incapable of being a nice man, a man who is incapable of not being a nice man, Luciano Becchio. All our feelings about Neil Redfern, I think we're beginning to make that clear, but when he scored the winner, went over to celebrate with him. He did that love, that thing, because he did it earlier in the season when he came back from his injury. I did that thing of putting his putting his hand off, saying, don't don't come near me. I'm going to celebrate with the fizz. With the fizz. <laughs> That's how we, they pronounce physio in Argentina. And then this, don't come near me. I'm going to celebrate with Redfern. And he did it in... Um, Redders. Redders. Celebrate with Redders. Uh, it was fucking unbelievable. He did it in the uh, Tottenham game He just as likes well, where helping he, those that are Don't come near me. I'm going to celebrate with all of Argentina. I love... And it's... it's he's the, probably the one man who probably... Uh, if, if we got Luciano Becchio in here now and we presented him with all the evidence of the, uh, the results... The performances and the media campaign that was going to lumber us with Redfern for this job. Say, Luciano, what did you think of him? I thought he was a lovely man. I'd, if I had a daughter, they could marry Redders. Have to fight Lucy Ward for him, I suppose. But and it was a beautiful goal as well. Yes, let's not forget that. And a, and a great pass to set it up. Yeah, great one-two with Fosse. One-two. Yep. It he, was Becchio's saw that a dummy shot, disguised it as a pass, <laughs> laid it off, and then just curled it inside. Un, an un-Becchio-like goal. Yeah. Must be said. When it fell to him, I was fully expecting to see that. We mean that his first touch didn't go yards away from him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well it, it did. I suppose did the first touch, but, but in a good way. Yeah. And also, can I mention uh, Chim Bomb? Chim Bomb. Oh, fuck. <laughs> He's back. Outtakes are on. Pas- <coughs> Pascal. Chim- no, I'm not even doing it. <laughs> Chim Bonder. <ooh>. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Who made someone else tie his boat laces up because he had gloves on? He. As shown by the fact he's playing for Doncaster, I suppose, was the guy who said, um, I can't remember if he was at Newcastle or Spurs, but he basically went, they had a cup final to play, and he just went, oh, I'm not bothered about playing in that. I'd rather go someone else and have a few more grand. Really? Yeah. He just sort of went, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not bothered. Whatever. I don't care what I do, as long as I'm getting paid for it. Did Donc- he also hand a transfer request at half-time on the last game of the season once? What a superb yeah. character. I, you yeah. know, Doncaster, they've got such wholesome characters in their yeah. squad. Speaking of wholesome characters, we need to move on to the Warner era because we are pressed for time in this section. Um, that began... Poorly. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great result, but by all accounts, a decent performance. Um, not by diff- any of the accounts I've heard. Well, it was improved, shall we say. From what? <laughs> From... We're playing bottom of the league again. Okay, listen. <laughs> we kept a clean sheet. Let's concentrate on that positive. These are the kinds of things 
not to get into slagging Warnock off too soon, but if Simon, <laughs> if Simon Grayson had put A.D. White on the right wing, yeah. people would have gone absolutely fucking mental he about it. doesn't know his best team. Yeah. Why is he wasting... He could ruin a young lad like him, playing him out of position. People have had a go at him for playing him left wing. Just saying. I'm just saying. And especially it comes after, because... From half-time against Doncaster, right up until kick-off against Portsmouth, all you were getting was, Neil Warnock's going to change everything. I've had a look at Snodgrass, and he's going to play in the hole, he's going to be free, he's going to be like Maradona in 1986, it's going to be absolutely no constraints, going to have, um, I've seen, uh, I'm going to change things at the back, I'm going to, I'll bring some lads in. Oh, I haven't quite managed to bring any lads in. No, we've never heard that before from previous managers. Danny Webber. Again, if Grayson had signed Danny Webber, people would have gone mental. <laughs> and I've... I've put it in the, the prep sheets here. We've put, we had Snodgrass's captain, free roll, AD White right wing, McCormack left wing, Danny Pugh left back, Brown and Clayton in midfield. And I said, it's all stuff that you might try. It's all stuff that I reckon at some point or another, somebody on a web forum has gone, why doesn't he play McCormack there's on probably the left a lot wing? Of, there's a lot of stuff going on on the internet that you shouldn't try. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all stuff that I think for all Grayson's faults and criticisms, he was there a long time, and I think by the time he went, if people said, oh, he was too set in his ways, he didn't change the team often enough, it's because he knew damn well that A.D. White on the right wing was a fucking fool idea. Because he'd seen him every day for three years, and he just, he knows. He's left-footed as the lad, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> He's, there's never been a question of him playing right wing. It's left back, left wing. Those I think on, the- on a genuine te- tactical point, I know sometimes managers do swap over the, the players, like say a left footer on the right wing and vice versa, yeah. because it allows them to cut inside. But mm. surely in White's case, his biggest asset is being able to bomb down the wing and go on the outside and whip across in. Well, the, we don't, we're not going to play with wingers anymore because Snodgrass has been identified as our best player. True. Captain material. Debatable. Put him in a free roll. We've got no width. Because and now Ad White's on the right wing. All he's going to ever be able to do is cut in Gareth Bale style. Except Gareth Bale was twenty three before he was any good. Um, and then we're not going to have anything coming from the left because Ross McCormack's out there and he's a striker. So what we're going to do is we're going to play everybody down the middle in a big base. I'm going to liken it to we're going to be wide at the back, narrow shaft down the middle. It's the penis formation that, that Colin has brought to this club. It's just a massive. He just probably went into the dressing room. So remember what I told you at halftime against Doncaster. Forget all that. Drew a cock and balls on the blackboard and say, there, go out and do that. should say that we're now 10th at the beginning of the uh, Colin era. Four points behind Cardiff are in sixth place. Bit of an uphill task if Colin is to steer us into the playoffs, given his comments about the limitations of the squad. Probably have done better if we'd got more than six points out of the last 12. Right, well, let's talk then about the nuts and bolts of Warnock's appointment. 18-month contract, took a pay cut, with he didn't take a pay cut. Was that a I think he did take a. Well, he has oh. no. He has no. He had no job. This is Bates' logic. We <laughs> got him. Off, we got him off the dole. The job seekers allowance. He's taken a huge pay. He actually probably has taken a pay cut. To be honest, if he was on the dole, yes. Eighteen month contract took what would have been a pay cut versus perhaps some other jobs. Let's say I'm not get, having that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that's a pay cut from from having no wage to having quite a big wage. All right, eighteen month contract. He's not maximising his earning potential. Yes. We don't know anything about his pay, um, but we do know he's got a get-out clause at the end of the season. From the way he's been talking, it sounds like he's got get-out clauses at every stage. 44 days. Yeah, I was saying to Ollie before we came in, if I'd have been Neil Warnock in the contract negotiations, I'd say, uh, I think, how about we uh, review it maybe uh, six weeks in, say, about, how about 44 days? Give him, <laughs> give him 44 days. And if he walks out on 44 days, it's his way forevermore. Clough, 
Steen Warnock. He'll be in Leeds United history forever. And they wouldn't put it past him. They don't call him Colin for nothing. Yeah, he said, um, if things go wrong, I'll call it a day. As long as I enjoy it, I'll see how it goes between now and the end of the season. And it almost made me think that he's just... He could just leave next week if he does, if, if, you know, actually we're not sure about signing Danny Weber. Right. See you boys. But is that not, in a way, this is going to sound strange, but is that not a good thing that he's talked in terms of knowing what's right for the club that Bates is going to have to listen? Well, if push does come to shove, he's going to, he's going to lay it on the line and say, this is how it needs to be. There's two ways of looking at it. One is that he is the, the good side is that he's here, doesn't give a fuck, doesn't care about the money, doesn't care about the contract, he's not emotionally tired, he's got a lovely house in Cornwall that he's been talking about retiring to for ages, so everything's assured and he can just basically do what he wants. Downside is, it's not about the money, he doesn't give a fuck, he hasn't got a contract, he's got a lovely house in Cornwall, and why would he spend all his days arguing with Ken Bates when he could just say, all right, you know what, I'll just pack it in. Something I sort of started mulling over on that point was... The idea that perhaps this has been welcomed by a lot of Leeds fans because it represents something of maybe hope that the balance of power at Leeds has been shifted slightly away from, uh, obviously, Bates, Gwyn Williams, who we know has been vetoing all transfers, or he's had the veto right, uh, and Sean Harvey. And it's now maybe a case of having somebody who's stronger to come in and say, look, I need this player, or we need to spend X on players. He's not going to be dictated to, is he? And that's what we're hoping someone's going to stand up to the people running our club and say, this is what this club needs if you want to go up. And I know that because I've done it seven times before or eight, whatever it is. That is the optimistic view. <laughs> I can't help but feel that, um, especially the way our board have been talking, particularly Ken, saying his record of getting teams promoted is second to none. Lorimer, who, uh, again, was talking about him being a specialist in getting promoted. What's and, Lorimer uh, a specialist in these days? Bullshit. <laughs> Um, and then it's sad what's happened to Lorimer, isn't it's, it? Oh, well, it's he, he described he described this as uh, he said, "I've really got the feeling that we've moved into a new era. We've given the bloke an eighteen-month contract tops. That's not an, <laughs> an era. era. If you're um, a dinosaur, you wouldn't consider that an era, would you? No. And you see that. And so I really worry that there's an element to this where they've said, "Right, we've got Warnock. He gets teams promoted. On you go. Get on with it, Neil." And no manager can do it with with the kind of support Grayson had. I don't think he'll fare that much better. The fact that Danny Weber is his first signing, Matt Mills possibly would be different. But I just get the feeling that, that it's not it's not a change in strategy. It's not like they're suddenly thinking about football before. I would almost prefer if they had said, if let's pretend that the terrible uh, performances under Redfern didn't happen, if they'd have given Neil Redfern the job and said, we've got this guy, he's been running the academy and he's been brilliant. We've been watching him, it's fantastic and we're going to put him in charge of the team and we're going to bring kids through from the academy and that's going to be our strategy for the next three years. We're just going to, we're going to concentrate on building from within. You could almost say, oh, that's a plan. Instead, it's, here's Neil Warnock. He's got teams promoted before and you've seen him on the telly. Go on then, get on with it. It's not a strategy and it's not a plan it's just it's it's and the fact that um the he was only offered the job after the coventry match that uh they checked his availability and what said then everything went quiet which is when we were hearing we're giving redfern a run redfern's run didn't work and suddenly it's like right you start on sunday it's a panic they panicked we, we've got and him got in lucky now. we've got him in now um, and i for one support him <laughs> What I was going to say was talking about the Danny Weber thing. Yeah, it's it's not that exciting, but then again, how many signings we've had in the last few years have genuinely been? That's because we keep signing new players. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, but let's. That's no defence for signing more shit players. <laughs> no, come on, let's let's go back to the point that Howard Wilkinson made when we did the interview that 
when we asked him about why so many players from Sheffield and he said changes needed to happen quickly at Leeds and he needed players that he could rely on. So is it not that not a case with Danny Webber? He might not be messy, mm. but he's going to do what Neil Warnock asks him. It's, it's something Warnock's always done, hasn't he? With like Paddy Kenny and, and various others, you know, he's brought in players who he knows 100% that he can rely on who will do the job without having to be asked. Difference with Wilkinson was he went and bought Mel Sterling for half a million quid when it was a lot of money, went and bought Lee Chapman for 250 from a division above. Chris Fairclough came, dropped down a division. Gordon Strachan, ultra-reliable, came from the division above. We went out and got big players. It wasn't just, oh, Danny Webber's out of a job and that, I've but, managed no, but, him before. No, but come on, that was, a, that was at a time when, when the transfer landscape was hugely different. You know, there'd been no Bosman ruling at that time. So, you know, freeze our part and parcel of the business. Now, we're now, like I say, talking about this balance in power, hoping that Warnock can exert some sort of influence behind the scene and maybe up the quality of the people that we get, be they on freeze or even paid for. The problem is the players he knows, uh, and if these are the players we're going to build a team around, that's Lee Bromby, Michael Brown and Danny Webber. Billy Painter. Does he know Billy? Tried to sign him before. Well, well, then there we go. We've got the four players that we're going to build Leeds United around for for at least the rest of the season. I'd rather have, well, I'd rather we tried some players he maybe didn't trust. And that were possibly likely to be better. Does that mean we might go for Montgomery now then? Was offered less money at Leeds than he was getting at Sheffield United. It's a possibility. Warren will have seen him through his career, wouldn't he? You see, that hasn't changed. Is it not now, to distill it down to its constituent parts, is it not that we're now in a situation where a bit of short-term thinking has to happen and we have to accept that we may end up with something that's an unattractive, possibly a bit shit team? To be fair, we're not going to get much worse than we are at the minute, are we? But if it gets us up, even if it's not pretty, then we're up. And then, but do we want to go up with this team though? That's a but we could never ever turn down the chance to go up. No. We just need to get out of this shit division. Well, I think we just have turned down a massive chance to go up by sacking Simon Grayson. And I said we um, turned down a massive chance last January when we didn't buy anybody, and yeah. the summer when we sold Gradle, and then in the Christmas when we sold Housen. And I, I've always said with um, Grayson, if we sack him halfway through a season, any season, we won't go up that year because. You very rarely sack a manager and then get promoted. And we're in a definitely worse position than we were before Simon Grayson got sacked. It is now much more difficult to get us promoted. We were on the edge of the playoffs with a team that weren't terrible to watch, that weren't scrappy or shitty, that were perhaps underperforming for various reasons, perhaps um, most of which was Simon Grayson's fault. We were in with a better chance of getting to the playoffs a month ago than we are now with Warnock. Yeah. So why not okay. just have seen that through to the end of the season, yeah, look, it's quite, then sack it? It has created a nice distraction. Oh, yeah. We can all agree on that. Well, it does It, it does buy the, the, the board a little bit more time, doesn't it? And it, it probably buys them through to the summer now where they can say, where everyone can turn around and say, right, well, you've got to back this guy. They've thrown us a little yeah. toy. Yeah. Keep us entertained for a few months. Well, look, let's let's talk about the Grayson sacking because what has become clear now since uh, in Bates, his programme notes or his state radio address has made it clear that they lost faith in Grayson. And They're a classless set of fucking horrible people at the club who've just set about systematically destroying this poor bloke's character and abilities over the past couple of weeks. Well, I'm, I'm, a- I'm absolutely appalled at the way they've just, every single thing coming out of the club and out of Lorimer in the Evening Post just been saying, he was rubbish, was Grayson. Yeah. 
It three was, weeks it was terrible. Yeah. Three weeks after we'd gone and Lauren was still slagging him off saying, oh, we've heard more about what was going on at Thorpe Arch. Um, Ken Bates was saying himself that, oh, because Thorpe Arch is so far away from Elland Road, nobody actually knows what goes on up there. But now we've been talking to some people and they've told us some terrible things. <laughs> so, what a set of idiots. So, Can I just say, by the way, on that point, I started looking into where training grounds are in relation <laughs> to football clubs and most of the London teams, 20 or 30 miles away. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's London. Just shut up, you oh, what it speaks Idiots. to, if, if they didn't know what was going on at Thorpe Arch, it speaks to them not managing yeah. the club what is properly. Gwyn, what is Gwyn Williams being paid for then in that case? He's a director of bloody football. If he's not been able to work out what's been happening and report back, just, and it's taken to this point where, you know, I get the feeling, I don't think Paul Connolly's happy. And it's just... Oh, I wonder if there's almost a case for constructive dismissal. Also, you know? they seem to have bought this idea that all the players who were out of the team were unhappy. Of course they were, they were out of the team. and But the reasons they were out of the team is quite possible because they deserve to be out of the team yeah. not because Grayson hated them because they didn't he didn't like their hair or anything stupid and petty like that which is the way it's been made out it's like oh he just fell out with people he's got randomly. his favorites he's got his favorites <laughs> he just he just fell out with everyone who was like yeah. El Hadjadouf in the olden <laughs> in the olden days a manager with his favorites would be a manager who knew his best first 11 and that's not necessarily a bad thing to know but which But we do players know he... that we've got the biggest squad this side Ever. of Alpha Centauri so well, you know, you've got to manage this them week, all. though, because you've got to manage them all. You've got so, to manage no players them. have fucked off back to the parent <laughs> club, so that's reduced it further. So, we're probably down not quite the top end of the biggest squads in the league, even Ken, though we weren't anyway. And Ken said today that apparently we've signed nine players this season, which make Taylor is included in that. And then people can all get as far as seven and then start to wonder if there's something they didn't tell us Look, about. I think it's pretty is fair that to the, say we, we, we know that he's lying or spinning because that's the mouth moving. But. That's the extent to which uh, Simon Grayson throws players out that he wouldn't even allow them to be named when they signed, <laughs> when Gwyn Williams bought them. <laughs> Well, look, Grayson is gone now. His history. He's gone to Huddersfield, just down the yeah, road. Yeah, that's awkward. Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Can't like, even wish him well. It's like turning up to a wedding and your ex is there. And it's a bit... Oh, no. <laughs> the, oh, I, this yeah. is what I traded you in for. <laughs> what are you, You've got to laugh at during all this. is Lee Clark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Always <laughs> sacked, allegedly, for putting in a, an application for the Leeds job. Leeds manager gets his job. Neil Warnock gets the Leeds job. Lee Clark. Jobless. Yes. It's worth saying in all this, I think Warnock is the best man that's available and I'm very pleased with Inkelly Clark. <laughs> yes, this is true. And Warnock could turn out to be a miracle worker. I just don't, I just really don't see it. I think he'll be off at the end of the season. I think the net results from, because what annoys me most is that when they sacked Grayson, the message from the club was, we've only got... I think at that point it was like we've got 20 games till the end of the season and it's absolutely vital that we, we couldn't let him carry on because we might not get promoted. And then we just stuck the academy coach in, lost two out of four, performed terribly and then had to go and get Warnock in against, I'm firm in my belief that it is against the club's first plan and now pretend, oh, it's the beginning of a new era when it's perfectly obvious that he's going to be off. If we're not going to get promoted this season, Warnock will leave and we'll just be in exactly the same boat in the summer. Well, he's brought Danny Webber in. There are now... Maybe he'll stay beyond the summer. Yes, talks of Matt Mills on loan from Leicester. Five million pounds, uh, misfits. It's weird that. I want to know what's what's wrong with him. Cause on the... some, there was some talk about him headbutting Pearson or... <laughs> Something or other. That's probably completely slanderous, but he's had a nice thought. He's had a disagree. I'd be tempted. He's a, yeah. he's a very irritating managed person. His hair looks weird as well. But never mind well, slanderous, it's brave. I mean, he's a he's, he's got a that army look. Yes, he has. Colonel. Yeah. Never mind Sergeant Wilco. Colonel Pearson. Uh, so would we like to see Matt Mills coming in? 
Can yeah. you defend? It's yes. got to be better than O'Day. But that's, will he drop Lees? Probably. <laughs> well, we'll just have well, to see. There we'll should be a rule that we're only allowed to play one loaned shit sensible. <laughs> we tried it with two when we got relegated. So. Snoddy as captain, right move, wrong move? Better than Lonergan. Don't like goalkeepers as captains. No, that's just wrong. Well, goalkeepers but, should be talking anyway and organising the defence, so leave mm. the captaincy duty. Concentrate to. on not letting the ball go straight through your midriff. Probably a good strategy. I'm not sure Snoddy's a captain. I think he's. I think he's a bit too dry. Do you think they're trying? Quiet. Do you think they're trying to butter him up a little bit with the you know the tw- we're coming around yes. for twelve months left on the contract? Let's make him. Let's make him the jewel in the crown. Yes, you know? and you can almost hear the. And then when he doesn't sign, yeah. it's his fault. Yeah, I was, captain. I was going to say you can almost hear the interview, the radio Bates interview as well, saying, "Oh, you know, we've given him, we've given him the pay rise of a, a, a few pounds, and we've given him the armband, and that armband is like a pay rise, not a real one, but a pretend one, exactly." I think it's um, it's preparation for long ball because um, same at QPR, give adult rap the fancy footloose flair player the captaincy, keep him quiet, to and get then the knockdowns. Just, yeah, and then just whack the ball over his head every game for the rest of the season. Your captain, you know, just you concentrate on uh, looking after the mascots. Let everybody else play the football. You know, you've got them all the respect. Uh, there is now talk of Paul Robinson coming back. Different Paul Robinson. Fat, psychotic Paul Robinson. Yeah. Left back. They're both fat, psychotic. Well, <laughs> this is the left back from Bolton. Not is the, he the uh, ex-West Brom one? Yeah, yeah. the man who gets booked pretty much every game I've yeah. ever seen him play. Were we linked with him under O'Leary? Is this not Carl Dickinson, just with a different name? <laughs> this Paul Robinson, I reckon he's even harder and larger than, than Carl Dickinson. <laughs> okay, and Carlos Edwards as well from Ipswich. Another, this veteran seems to be in brackets uh, <laughs> with the description of each of these players. Just uh, a default setting. Veteran <laughs> right back. So we want some veterans in, do we? He's not a veteran right back, isn't Carlos Edwards? Because he used to be a tricky winger. <laughs> but you know how things are. He'll be playing in net in a few years as he um, drops back. And also we have... Uh, now this guy sounds like a this, player. This is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. I'll just describe this man. Dooley Johnson on trial. 27-year-old Liberian midfielder. What can be said about this man? That's Apart just from, his status yeah, let's just, <laughs> on trial. Yeah, let's read his rap sheet. So... Yeah. Uh, so we've got an idea about this guy's character. Isn't football the most forgiving industry <laughs> on earth? If Lee, Lee Hughes can find a job, having killed someone, and you know this guy in on trial, going for a second, third, fourth bite of the cherry. I'm not saying he's killed somebody necessarily, but read it We're out. I'm not saying he hasn't. Just, <laughs> just read this out. He's not been caught yet. Um, convicted of buying sex, um, accused of rape, um, and I don't know if this is accused or convicted of being of drink driving twice. Uh, been out partying the night before a match. Um, sacked by De Graaf Sharp, his last club, after a car crash and arrest for drink driving. And uh, yeah, everybody who's ever heard of him, because I admit I hadn't, but every comment I see from anybody who's encountered him before for that has called him either a bloody idiot or says don't let him anywhere near our club. Apart from Alex McLeish, who, if you go on um, JulieJohnson.com, there's a quote section. Alex McLeish in January 2008 said that he's a good player and he knows how to caress a football. However, <laughs> however, a woman has, has on the other that, hand he has cut that short. That <laughs> quote. Um, and then what astounded me on his uh, his own website is when you look on the section entitled Hobbies, it's always nice when they tell you about what their hobbies are on their official website. It says... Drinking, um, 
Driving. No, all it says, it, you click on hobbies and then it says, uh, IAK midfielder Dooley Johnson has rebutted claims making rounds in internet forums and certain media online that he was excluding, excluded from tonight's game for drunkenness. I wish to state, <laughs> I wish to state that nothing of the sort happened. I overslept and missed training. That's the case. It's been made clear to the public. And why would anyone want to change the truth? And that was in his hobbies section. <laughs> so, so, like every single part is when you go for family photographs. So it'll be a picture that looks like him with his, uh, it'll be his mugshot. And then just a, a petition just signed to get him out of clink. Matty Party Patterson's just <laughs> jealous, isn't he? Anyway, let's move on to other stuff now. Billy Painter, goal machine Billy Painter, scores twice for the reserves in a 2-1 win over Middlesbrough. He's back. Thorpe get him in the He's team. Back. Get Super him in the Billy team. in his buses. It's all changed. Grayson used to ignore it when Gorilla scored in the reserves. Warnock won't, won't ignore this. Somebody's gone out of the door. Andros the head, Townsend. They had to widen the door. Because <laughs> he's got a big head. What's happened? He's a whinging bastard. Look at his <laughs> list of clubs. He just goes around lone places. I don't like it here. Get somewhere else. I don't like it here either. Can't I play for Spurs in Premiership? No, you can't, Andros. You're not good enough. Oh, we're sending you to Blackpool. I want to go to Blackpool. All right, Birmingham. Oh, I'm bored here. <laughs> he started giving out some stick to Leeds fans on Twitter, didn't he? Because I think he got a bit of uh, a bit of grief about a result or something, hadn't he? Well, but, about fucking off is what he meant to yeah. get grief about. <laughs> and he and he's bitten back, uh, good and proper, but he's taken an absolute pasting. So it's worth looking back through his timeline and any exchanging messages that you care to find. Like someone mentioned that he's goes to look like he, he dribbled spaghetti hoops down his face. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which I quite like for the pettiness of it. Excellent. Also on the way out, Fabian Delph. Injured forever. Those Never boxes are going nowhere, though, are they? What's that? Those, those exact boxes. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This just shows. No injuries there. Well, you absolutely you Footballers, absolutely broken, boxers. <laughs> Fully functional. Which is a sounder investment. Which would you rather have? Which would you rather eat your dinner off? <laughs> Actually, Delph. Fab Delph, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was worth a try, wasn't it, anyway, with Delph? I was quite looking forward to all that. I thought him, Housen, 
Clayton running the midfield together, Grayson cheering them on from the sidelines. Brilliant. Snodgrass Leeds boys, in. Leeds boys all together. <laughs> oh, it could have been so beautiful. Uh, Instead, it's going to be Warnock shouting at Michael Brown to give it to Bromby so he can Love bump it. it at Painter. Hit Painter! Hit Painter! God, I'm not looking forward to the rest of the season. Thumbs up for the club. Free kids shirts, soon to be outdated. Uh, four under 11s at the Southampton game. Is it a generous, altruistic gesture or is it keeping the wolf from the door? The latter. I'm thinking, it, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Alan Partridge episode where he mentions keeping the wolf from the door. <laughs> I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it feels mean to be saying uh, that we're criticising the club for what is necessarily a good thing. But if you heard Ken when he when he spoke about it on Yorkshire Radio, there was basically Ben Fry's question of, uh, "Well, sir, um, uh, what do you, isn't the uh, the free kids uh, shirts initiative a really good idea?" And there was always like an, an edit where you say, "The bloody what? <laughs> we're, we're giving away what to who?" And then edit. <laughs> so I've got a beavis and butthead in my chem base. Yeah, through gritted teeth, some children, if they turn in a, a, a voucher having spent £90 on a match ticket or however much we're making them. If they work, if they do an hour's work, they can have a bit of cloth. Just for the record, I was talking about keeping supporter on rest at bay and not ejaculation. Right. right. Good. Um, oh, right. I'm still angry and I have <laughs> ejaculated. So. <laughs> Moving on uh, to the final bit in this section. Ross McCormack, not in the Scotland squad again. He's not happy. Uh, it, do what Andros Townsend would do. Go play for another country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sounds like it's getting serious now where he's actually in the paper saying... Uh, He's gutted. That's standard. Just pick a cliche out of a hat. I'm official. I'm now officially. There has been rumours that I'm gutted. I'm now officially gutted. It's there in black and white. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I'd pick him. I think it's because Scotland don't really play with any strikers. They seem to have a policy of, of just having midfield and defence. They did try that, didn't they? In a game, a, a non up front was it against the Czechs? I think yeah. it was. It was a, like a four-six. They played. <laughs> Interesting oh, approach. Playing dominoes. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Part three now of the Square Ball Podcast, and I am delighted to say we are joined on the telephone now by the Leeds United Supporters Trust Chairman, Gary Cooper. Good evening. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. Yourselves? Uh, yeah, well, have you recovered from uh, Mr Bates' latest attack on you? Um, well, Mr Bates is incidental to me, as you well know. <laughs> and he, he, he claims that you're... Well, the trust is incidental to him yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it gave us a, an awful lot of airtime this afternoon, considering we uh, nothing but an irritant and a nuisance. And um, to be quite honest, uh, Carlsberg do, do recruitment drive advertisements for the trust. But if they did, that was it this afternoon. Thank you very much, Mr. Bates. We're very grateful. Do you think his, uh, well, attempts at negative publicity have really driven the trust's membership numbers this season? Um, well, I, I hope that, uh, you know, the trust membership numbers are driven because Leeds United supporters have got a genuine feeling of, you know, togetherness and, and, and want to gather behind something that they can believe in. I'm certain that Mr Bates has really helped us with that, yeah. There's a nice contrast, it must be said, this year with the uh, the stuff that comes out of the trust, which is all yeah. very reasonable and let's be, let's be together on this. And then you, you hear the stuff coming out of the club and it's... Um, well, pretty much the exact opposite. Well, listen, the, the club has to do what the club has to do and Mr Bates has to do what he thinks is the right thing. Let him get on with it. It, it really doesn't make a lot of difference to me. He, he can tell people what he wants to tell people about me. He can make all kinds of claims. We've had great fun since the start of the season with his programme. He couldn't even get my name right. Can't understand um, all the criticism why he's never mentioned that you're from Hull. <laughs> uh, hey, exactly, but I'm not from Hull, you see. I'm actually from Beverley, which is eight miles north of Hull and we're very East Yorkshire. Oh, all right then. <laughs> 
there is a serious point building up with this, though, because with yeah. the supporters' trusts in general, after yeah. the football governance report last year and the noises from UEFA, yes. there's coming a point where the club will have absolutely no choice but to deal with the supporters' trust. Well, you see, that's that's another reality. And the trust, we've alluded to this several times in, in recent press releases and recent blog pieces that we've done. We've tried to speak to the club now for the best part of two years. And all of us, you know, every time we try to contact the club and, and, and speak reasonably with them in, in the spirit, you know, of, of, of friendship and, and consolidation, we've, we've mentioned the fact that sooner or later they're going to have to talk to us. They seem to think differently. And it would appear Leeds United is going to be the exception to the rule. Um, it's not the first time. But it'll be interesting to see how they do that, especially given the terms of the licensing proposals that have been put forward. And this is where, when football clubs are licensed, they are going to have to recognise independent supporters' bodies. This is right, yeah? Yes, absolutely, yeah. All right, spin forward a little bit then and imagine the club one day decide to open the doors and say, right, come on then, let's all get round the table, let's have a chat. What would you yeah. talk about? Oh, I think we've got an awful lot of things to talk about. We've clearly set out our, our vision statement for the future of the club and I think that's an excellent starting point. That vision statement wasn't written by the Trust. That vision statement was written by Leeds United supporters. Members of the Trust, yes. The wider fan base, yes. But everyone had a chance to contribute. So I think we need to start our point here. We need to talk about ambition for the future. Has the appointment of Neil Warnock taken the wind out of your sails a little bit? No, I don't think so. It was uh, the move that, um, it was the appointment that we all wanted, I think. So whilst it could be argued that perhaps, um, you know, getting a new manager in perhaps has deflated the driver, one or two of the people who were involved in perhaps the protest march, etc. I'm sure it has, but that, that's a positive that's an ambitious move, so that's something we absolutely welcome. That doesn't deflate the sales, that, that adds wind to them. We're, we're pointing in the right direction now. Do you think that's something that Trust needs to work on, is that a lot of the recent recruitments have come about because the free offer was opened up to, mm. just to get people on board, and then yeah. if the club does now start pointing Warnock, free shirts for kids, just these yeah. little jinks of light, is, the, is, it, is there a way that you're going to be able to keep people to say, this is what we've done so far, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it will keep working if the trust keeps its membership and its shareholding up. And, and most importantly, keeps the pressure on. Uh, do, do you think for one minute that, uh, you know, Mr. Warnock was always at the forefront of Mr. Bates' mind um, when, when uh, he sacked Mr. Grayson? I'm not sure he was. If you've I been think, listening you know, to us for the last um, half well, an hour. Well, yeah, <laughs> no. you, I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave you guys to be the healthy, cynical ones. But I'm, I'm pretty certain that, as always with Mr. Bates, there's, there's always a... Uh, he likes to refer to his master plan. Now, uh, I'm, I'm not sure that Mr. Warnock was the immediate part of that master plan. Uh, I think it was very clear to, to, to all of us that given the fact that Mr. Bates wasn't in the country, couldn't be in the country, uh, on the back of sacking your manager, we left uh, the first team coach in, in charge, Mr. Mr. Redfern. And I think Mr. Redfern was, was the first choice. I'm not going to allude that, that, or, or, or suggest that the, the pressure from, from the Trust, its members and the wider Leeds fan base meant that Mr. Warn Mr. Warnock was approached. But I'd like to think that the club listened. I'm not going to allude to the, the, the fact that um, we've got the shirts for, for kids on offer now. Is anything to do with the pressure you know, that, that's been put on by the Trust and by those people who have been working with the Trust? But it certainly fits in with what we asked in our mission statement. So we'll tick two boxes there and say, thank you very much, Mr. Birch. You're heading in the right direction. Keep going. How do you counter the suggestion that the Trust 
tends to thrive when things are at their worst, that there's a it's negativity that spurs the trust on. Well, we are in Yorkshire. I'm not sure you are out there in Hull, are you? <laughs> of course, hey, listen, get off the Hull thing, OK? I'm in Coingham. Yeah, we're Yorkshiremen, born and bred. We were born to be fickle. We love it when, when things are going against us, and we conspire together when we think that uh, it's us against them scenario. We are, are also very fickle, so we, we lose the us against them scenario when things seem to be going our way. That really, it's just part and parcel of who we are and what we are, and, and we should celebrate it and not criticise it. Do you think that's something that needs to be, a message that needs to be put across, is that the trust is going to be a permanent thing? It isn't just oh, yeah. It isn't I, just here for, for now while we're dealing with whatever problems the club has at the moment, but well, of course not. five no, 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 years no, no, down the line we could have the best board ever, but we should still need a trust that would have a role as a fan's body. Part and parcel of what a supporters' trust should be is to represent the supporters of the club, uh, the club itself and the wider community to the best of its ability. That's never going to go away. We're, we're always going to be here to do that. We will always be independent, always be democratic and always be regulated in accordance with Supporters Direct, the FSA, Cooperative Society rules, etc. Regardless of what Mr Bates wants to tell you on the radio today, we are regulated and we are democratic. We're going nowhere. We're here in the long term. Yes, we've managed to bring on board now uh, four and a half thousand members. I think we've pushed ourselves up to be uh, challenging for a Champions League spot in terms of where supporters trust are across the UK. Another 500 members or so, and we're in that, we're in that uh, all-important fourth place. Don't gamble the future on it. It'll all go wrong. It'll all well, go wrong. Well, I, I, I'm not going to be banking on a, on a last-minute goal by David Weatherall in a black Bradford <laughs> shirt this time, don't worry. But sorry, Gary, do continue. <laughs> I think it's worth um, it's worth pointing out that a club with a successful sports trust at the moment is Swansea, who, if you yeah. look at them, I can't think of a single thing wrong with Swansea. I don't think there's any Swansea supporters in the Premier League at the moment think, God, this is no. rubbish, I want to complain. Absolutely. But they've still got an, a 20%, massive... Is it 20% ownership of the club? Yes, they have 20% ownership of the club, and I mean, that's, uh, I'm not going to say we can, we can achieve anything like that under, under Mr. Bates. But there, like you said, there, there is always tomorrow, there's always a future, and there is always going to be a place for a supporters' trust. I would like to think that the Leeds United Supporters' Trust can go from strength to strength. And if we can build towards achieving some kind of supporters' ownership in the club, in the ground, perhaps in Thorpe Arch in some way in the future, then that's something behind the scenes we're already working towards. Find out who owns them first. That's going to be the difficult <laughs> bit. <laughs> but who knows? You never know. We might be able to, 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 to force that issue as well. Gary, yeah. tell us a little bit about um, the protest that was slated in for the Southampton game. And you've uh, consulted the membership. The membership seems to have said, yeah. don't go ahead with it. Yeah, they have. We we were out canvassing um, uh, opinion, uh, giving out leaflets last weekend before the uh, weekend before last, sorry. And several people approached us and said, you know, you know, Warnock's just been appointed. Is it a good idea to go ahead with this? Well, we, we continued with the with the leafleting exercise. Uh, when we got when I got back um, in the, in the evening after the game, I checked uh, the trust email box, and there were a considerable number of emails in there saying, look, you know, we we think it might be a, a good idea to reconsider. What we had planned to do was was uh, uh, going to the ground seven minutes late one minute for each of the years that uh, Mr Bates has been involved at Leeds United. But with it being Mr Warnock's first home game, and given the the, uh, the opinions of those those people we spoke to on a Saturday and, and the opinions of people who have taken the time to email, we canvassed the membership, had around 600 responses, uh, very, very quickly had around 600 responses. There have been an awful lot more coming you know, since the first 24 hours. And well over 80% of those said that they, they would prefer if we would postpone 
the protest for this particular game. That doesn't mean that protests won't continue at a later point during the season, but just for this particular game, our members said, you know, if we could withdraw from, from the activity. That isn't to say that we don't fully support the people who are boycotting the game, the people who decided not to go at all during the course of this season, etc. The trust there for them as well. It's, it's not that we withdraw in support from any form of, of protest or wish to criticise anyone who is protesting. That's the last thing we want to do. We encourage anyone to protest in the way that they see fit, providing it's peaceful. So we've postponed our uh, active part of the protest um, for, for the coming game on Saturday. Can you explain the, the trust role in the protest? Would you class it as a, as a trust protest or no, a, a, pro- no. a protest that the trust is getting involved in? No, that, that would be real selfish to class it as a, as a trust protest. Uh, the, the, the protest march itself got, got passed off in, in, in many parts as a, as a, as a trust-organised thing. It, that wasn't the case. What, what happened was we were approached by a group of of Leeds United supporters who'd been involved in the original protests outside the ground. And they asked if the Trust would help them. We have um, better access to, to the media, better access to things like the West Yorkshire Police to help them from a, a health and safety perspective. And, and they asked if we would get involved and, and give them some kind of assistance. And, and, and that's what the Trust role was, really, to support those fans who wanted to, to be involved in that march. And we, we seem to have been given an awful lot of credit for it. I would rather that credit go to the Leeds United supporters who took the time and the effort and cared enough to actually turn up and, and vote with their feet. I certainly did that, and it my own bloody killed me. Uh, but you know, the credit the credit is them is there for them, not not for the trust. What does the roadmap look like for the trust now? How do you uh, move forward from here now that Neil Warnock has been appointed? You say it's an ambitious move. Mm. What's the next step for the Trust? Because things will surely have to continue slightly more behind the scenes now if uh, the unrest has been quelled a little bit. I think things are continuing very much behind the scenes. Yes, we, um, we, we're putting an awful lot of work in towards um, trying, to plan, trying to plan what is uh, achievable in terms of our vision statement, both in the, the short term and, and in the long term. Uh, we're looking at many different aspects of, of that trying to recognise some of the positives achieved to date and trying to put you know, plans and ideas in place so that we can continue to build on that towards the end of this season, through the close season and you know, hopefully going forward into a very successful season next year. And what happens if Leeds United do get promoted under Mr Bates? Does that then render the Trust's position redundant almost? Absolutely not. There will always be a Leeds United Supporters Trust. There will always be a need for an independent Leeds United Supporters Trust. We've spoken about the the political uh, changes and the political machinations of what a Supporters Trust should be and what clubs will have to do. So a strong, well-represented Leeds United Supporters Trust could only benefit both the Leeds United Supporters, the club and the wider community going forward. So we're here to stay now. Is there a degree now where we're going to have to sit and sweat and wait until Bates does what he does to go. I think there is an element uh, of waiting. I think there, we, we would be fools not to recognise that. I'm convinced that given the right approach by the right person, Mr Bates would consider selling the club. Uh, I have to be convinced of that because our mission statement says that we want to look for positive change in the future. If Mr Bates is going to spend his time on his, his own radio station slating the people who are asking for you know, ambition then what hope do we have of a positive future with Mr Bates at the helm? So I've got to believe that um, there's a chance and, and there's a hope 
the, the, the right person with the, the right kind of investment would attract a positive response from Mr. Bates. We know that he keeps saying there's no money in Yorkshire. We absolutely don't believe him. We know there's money in Yorkshire. It's just a question of, of, of the right kind of money coming forward with the right kind of deal. And I would hope that Mr. Bates would consider selling. And is it then a, it's a case of being ready for whoever comes in next who you would hope? Because somebody, will, honesty, somebody I, will come I, I, next. Yeah, they will, yeah. And, I, and in all honesty, I, without trying to blow smoke up our backsides, I think we are ready. I think the trust has moved on to, to such an extent that we're in a position to be able to deal with, with anyone. We've got a wealth of experience, both within the trust board and within our membership uh, and within those you know people, bodies, other leads groups that we're working with. And I, I think we are ready. Finally then, Gary, floor is yours. Tell us why people should join the Leeds United Supporters Trust. The Leeds United Supporters Trust is the only democratically elected, independent Leeds United fans supporters organisation. We work with all Leeds United supporters groups. We exclude no one. Uh, we are the future of fan representation for all football clubs, but particularly for Leeds United. We have the opportunity to work towards a very positive, a very ambitious and a very successful future. But there are times, you know, everyone has a certain time where it's time to come to the fore. The Leeds United Supporters Trust has realised this. We've, we've stood up to the call. We've recognised that the, the, the wider support and our membership want change and we're here to try and deliver that change. So anybody that's, uh, that's wavering on the sidelines, give us a try. Get in touch, email me at the trust address if you want to discuss anything with me. If you've got any questions, points, queries, complaints, I can always be accessed to the, the chairman at lufctrust.org. Get in touch and talk about it with me. In this bit of the Square Ball podcast, we talk about the stuff that's coming up. The next game on the schedule is us against Southampton on the telly this coming Saturday. Uh-oh. They're, uh, they're a bit good, aren't they? They're very good. Wobbled a bit recently, but probably better than us. Because we got Billy um, Sharp. Oh, yeah. Two million pounds worth of Billy Sharp. <laughs> they already had however much they paid for Ricky Lambert. Um, what have they done that for? And they paid a shitload of money for him in League One. How much was Webber? Three. Leeds United yeah. one, Southampton... <laughs> Because we did, because we were expecting to come back in last week. I've made some notes on Southampton, and then yesterday you I went. Oh <laughs> no! Well, yeah, I went back to this. I thought, oh, I'll just check how they did at the at the weekend. Maybe they lost. Maybe there'll be some good news. But no, Watford three 0 away. Lambert hat trick. Shit. They ah. gave us a bit of a spanking on the opening day of the season. We've improved they? since then. Gradle got into his stride. Housen, he started playing like the uh, midfield titan. We know he can. Leading Br- from the front, if you like. Brown has yeah. come good. Painter started scoring. It's, it looked bad at the start of the season, but really everything turned out fine. Fraser Richardson. Yeah, I was quite surprised at that. This is a stat. Go on. The top of their assists chart, one F... Richardson right back. He's turned into Mel Sterling down there. He's got nine assists. I assume. I don't know if the vault has been launched onto the head of Lambert like Sterling used to launch. He always could cross the ball. Well, that was a soft spot for Fraser. Yeah, they tried to play right wing for a while. You can pursue that dream. (laughs) He, um, (laughs) yeah, Blackwell liked him at right wing, but that's because we there was only him and Gary Kelly otherwise. Yeah, blameless really, Fraser Richardson. which is not quite good enough for us. You know, Clearly it's fun- good enough it's for... It's funny, isn't it? Because we were all a bit meh about seeing the back of Fraser Richardson. In actual fact, looking back on it, might not have been such a bad thing to keep him. And Dan yeah. Harding. He plays for them. Dan Harding was pretty poor, though. He's good now, though. He's well, fine now. We just, just, we just broke him. We do break a lot of people, don't we? A year from now, we're going to be saying, that Billy Painter with his 30 goals... How's he, how's he managed that? He never looked that how's good he for us. How's he doing that in the Premiership? Yeah. Yeah. No, a bit bloody dagging him or something. 
Southampton. Uh, they scored a lot at home, but only 24 goals away, conceded 20 away. So, you know, despite yeah. being top of the league, we do score well, they, goals. they do have vulnerabilities. But they're much better than us. Well, we don't know. Colin and his uh, super long ball master plan might see us uh, bully Southampton away from the top of the table. Who knows? Yeah, but Alex Bruce is injured, so Lee Bromby's going to play. Mm. You know what There's I mean? There's a decent footballer inside Lee Bromby. He's just, he just sleeps a little bit sometimes. Like all the way through the Brighton game, Brighton away. Well, it's not all the way. Well, it's hard to, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to get a, a gauge on it when players are in and out of the side all the time, aren't they? And, Sh- Unless you have a concerted run of games in the defence to get your, mm. get your confidence up and your, your sharpness. It's hard to... What's Darren O'Day's excuse? Because <laughs> um, he's been, well, fairly yeah. shit most yeah. of the season. He's been through patches where he's probably been still our second best defender, which is a shame. <laughs> there is probably a... The whole question is, which slightly mediocre mid- defender are we going to play next to Lees, who um, we only don't call mediocre because he's young. <laughs> What do you reckon to Nigel Adkins then? He's, uh, he's a, a fairly good path for himself, isn't he? He's a, obviously a very good manager, but he's a specky know-all and I don't like him. He used to be a goalkeeper. And he used to be a yeah, physio. As, well, as you know, goalkeepers don't make good managers. Blackwell? <laughs> as you know, goalkeepers don't make good managers. <laughs> it's weird. He does have that attitude. Whatever the result is, he'll just come out and he's just exactly the same interview after every game where he's just, you know pleased with his lads and you know I don't, a good I, effort this is, this like, and you know touch of the Eddie Howes well he's not quite as bad as Eddie Howe because Eddie Howe is just you, you think he's um, he's only speaking to you because he's appointment at the Turkish bath isn't it for an hour <laughs> but with with Adkins it's more it's more of a, a sort of a strategy thing where he comes out and it'll be well we, we may have lost the game today but what I'm pleased about is that uh, the lads stuck to the game plan that we've worked on all week and I could see a lot of things a lot of things that we'd worked on in training were being put into action on the pitch and I'm really I'm really satisfied that my positives. players were uh, yeah the, the players really pulled, the, pulled some positive work out of this game and there's things that we can discuss going forward this week that uh, I think we can work on for the next game but, so uh, we're going to have to put up with at the end of that game especially with it being live on the telly some smug interview with him saying well yeah I'm really pleased with Lambert's six goals today I think a double hat-trick's been in in him for a while and we worked on in uh, in training torment O'Day as much as possible I'm glad that the uh, the players listened to that plan and uh, and employed it on the pitch we'll beat these lot we no, won't we will we'll we'll beat them. mark my words Okay, words officially marked. Hull. Tuesday night, yeah, games we don't win Tuesday nights. We're going to the fishy dock town of Kingston-upon-Hull. Snodgrass-free kick. There will be be a Snodgrass-free kick. obligatory. Managed by Nicky Bloody Barnby. How has that happened? Who kept on a season ticket to watch Hull, didn't he, when he was not playing for us. That in itself, I mean... You've got to admire his devotion to Hull. I mean... It's I can't understand it or condone it, but I admire it. You, you don't. No, I don't know. They're, well, ju- they're just ahead of us anyway, aren't they? Let's look at that and say three nil nils in the last four games. Yeah, they're pretty boring. Well, Nick Barnby's managing them. He's probably sending them out every game to be filled, packed with flair, and then they just come back in nil nil. So, well, okay, cheers, lads. You earned your money. They've got um, their defense is a little bit frightening. They conceded none. In the last six games, that's none. No goals conceded, none. And um, did you were spanking then? Yeah, Billy Painter, <laughs> Lazarus-like comeback. He hasn't against scored the, against his former club. Yeah. Well, God, are we really relying on Billy Painter? God. We've got Becchio. We've got Becchio. Everything's all right. We've got Weber. Lucy you, will see us through. Don't fear. Well, are we going to get mauled by the Tigers, or do you fancy 
us to go there and maybe give them a game. They don't score any goals either. They don't concede any. They don't score many. I'll take a point, probably. Is this what it's come to? No, we should beat them. They're, um, I noticed, because um, we were linked to start last season, Robert Corran was the name all the time. Robert Corran's Corran, Robert Corran's Corran. Went to Hull instead, and this season he's their top scorer and he's got the most assists. Nine goals, six assists. We got Michael Brown. We had a player like that, but we sold him. It'd have been crap for us, if that's any consolation. True. Probably it, injured. Too much culture for one team as well. We've already got Snodgrass. Talking about provincial Yorkshire towns, uh, Middlesbrough, next on the horizon. Sunday the 11th of March, on the telly. That sounds inconvenient. It yes, does, doesn't it? I'd just it? like to take this opportunity. If anyone wishes to buy a train ticket for a nice day trip in Middlesbrough, I believe the weather's particularly nice at this time of year, not too hot. Nice pull over, you'll, you'll, feel, uh, you'll feel comfortable. The chemical um, works will put bed to that. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a good, good cloud cover. Yeah, Pontefract to uh, Middlesbrough, available from me, reasonable prices. Email really? podcast at thesquareball.net. It's terrible at both ends. Not only do you have to go to Middlesbrough, but you have to go to Pontefract first. <laughs> Pontefract is a fine town. Home of Haribo. Home of Haribo. There's um, a power station quite near, which makes it <laughs> a bit warm. Power. How are they doing at the minute then? They're doing all right, aren't they? Inconsistent. Right. Once they got rid of all the Players gone, strike and signed. <laughs> yeah, well, they kept Barry Robson. He's doing okay. Dodged a bullet there, didn't we? A little bit. Yeah, he was another one. I was, I, he went to favourite as most people did at some point for in uh, for the Leeds job for a while. And our um, our money on Redfern disappeared to the bookies, didn't it? It was, it was mm. so close to being right as well. Uh, come on, then, Middlesbrough. How are we going to do? Going to beat them or what? It's impossible to predict. Look at their record um, overall in the last six games, won two, drawn two, lost two, conceded, scored eight, conceded nine. And then I thought, well, maybe the home form will be something a little bit more. There'll be something about that. But no, at home, played six, won two, drawn two, lost two, scored four, conceded six. There's no knowing what they'll do. We could actually probably just pre-record this analysis and use it every single week, couldn't we? Because it's very, very hard to know what's going to happen at all in this division ever. Well, no, you can predict Why would you want to do that when there's razor-sharp analysis on it? Things that say, Djokovic can be a threat, he's tall. Well, <laughs> with that... Who, whose magnificent insight is that? Is it I wrote Moscow? that, but I mean, what? that's all that needed writing on the dressing room wall be- before the Birmingham game, and Simon Grayson would still have a job if he'd spotted that about Zigic. I'm helping Warnock here. I might ring him. I'll say Colin, if I can call you Colin. Jukiewicz, striker for Borough. He's, He's tall. tall. In fact, this is uh, today because um, that Seth Johnson interview has been in, um, is it The Guardian that he's in where he was... Seth Johnson in The Guardian? Are you talking, me? talking about his career and uh, and then quite talking quite tragically about his post-football career where he says he's, he's not really found anything to do yet because after football there's nothing. I said he tried he tried scouting because he thought he thought it would just be watching, watching, the, de- game. watching the game, but it turns out writing. too much writing involved. Oh, so he's packed that in. Can you imagine him getting back and they're going, right, have you got that? That report. Report then. Yeah. Report about what? It finished It finished one all. <laughs> <laughs> Who scored, Seth? Uh, Can't remember. Did write it down. That, that uh, book. Striker. Out front. Um, <laughs> tall lad. Junkyweight. <laughs> yeah, it's a tragedy. At least he's earned millions and millions of pounds while being an injured footballer. He's Fuck only him, 32. In other words. Yeah. Well, he hasn't spent it on pens and paper, has he, clearly? Are we going to beat these lot then? Come on. I asked you before. I want a definitive answer. It's live on the BBC. We, uh, play, well, we play on the telly, don't we? Yeah, I was thinking because it was um, Luciano's fucking unbelievable goal was uh, away at Middlesbrough last season. So I'll take a repeat of that and say, yes, we will beat Middlesbrough and it will be the first win of Neil Warnock's reign. I think it'll be the second because we will beat Southampton. What are we going to do against Hull? I think we'll probably win all three of these games. Rubbish. Jesus. 
We need to. We're at that stage where, by the way, given I just, the league table, I would just like to stress for the record that I don't really mean that. <laughs> <laughs> given the league table, we we do need to get seven points from this. Well, we're a spell, and we need to keep doing that. Pretty much every podcast will be saying that yeah. until eventually we'll need about fifteen points from the three games we've got to have any chance of uh, the playoffs. So by mid-March, we could be shouting for Warnock out. Well, he said, doesn't he, that his future will depend upon the reaction of the fans, so uh could be short and sweet rain, maybe. He's not spent much time with the chairman, has he? <laughs> well, he's not in the country, is he? I mean, and one thing he doesn't like is absentee owners. Right, so, talking about the chairman, it's now time for the Ken Bates Villain of the Fortnite Award. This is an award that goes fortnightly, or in this case, three-weekly. Thrice-weekly. Thrice-weekly, yes. No, uh, that's once. That's, every, that's three, three times, times a week. A week. Well, three times a week. <laughs> three times a week in my house, eh? I, rem- hey? I remember those days. I live alone. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this award is for somebody who has contributed to the ongoing misery of being a Legion United fan. Obvious nominee this fortnight, thrice-night. Um, Andros, the head Townsend, who... I don't like it in Leeds, it's all northern. Yeah, what was his problem apart from his massive head? It's not the um, Doncaster game. Every time he got the ball, looked decent. I was quite enjoying watching Andros Townsend. Now I will just have to enjoy watching him fail. I think it's every time he goes somewhere and they point out that he's he is going bald. He gets a bit. He's a bit touchy about it. Because I'm a fuck. I think when he goes, <laughs> I'm not staying here. When he goes to his agent, he says, "Oh, I'm really, I'm really not happy at Leeds. I'm suffering." He says. Are they making fun of your big head again? <laughs> no, no, they're not. They're, nobody's mentioned my my normal sized head. It's like, well, come on, Andros, be honest about the reasons for the iron list. It's not my head. This next one's going to be this next one's going to be a bit controversial, but uh, it says Peter Lorimer here on this sheet. Now, who wants to take responsibility for that one? Me, Oddie, Odwina. Yes. <laughs> Go on. You didn't spend a drunken night with him, did you? No. Anyway. No. Yes, becoming. I won't tell you what I wrote down there, but. Classless is the word that stands out. One to of me. the words in there is classless. Yes, yeah. is even in post column, it's just getting more ridiculous every week. The constant sniping at Grayson, the players we've got, nothing to do with um, Bates, Harvey, or Lorimer. I liked his quote where he said, uh, "In the we've done bugger all wrong." Yeah, yeah. don't know why they're having Absolutely. a go at us. Not, we've done bugger all not wrong. A, not a single wrong decision has been made during the Ken Bates reign. Not a single one. Everything has been just as as I'm sure everyone has has noticed. Everything has been. Perfect. We decided to get relegated and we were right. <laughs> we wanted to go into our minute and we wanted those 15 points taken off us. We thought it was for the best. And considering that his whole justification for being on the board is that he's, uh, he's the link between the club and the fans, the legendary Lorimer who we can all look up to, admire and talk to. He seems to hate Leeds United fans. Is he jeopardising his legendary status? Yeah. Yes. Sadly, yeah. It's hard to see him on a video now without thinking... That's that twat in the Evening Post. And it's nice as well because he's one of the most sort of iconic Leeds players. He's one of the few who actually had sort of the fashionable hair, the the, the looks. I mean, bless him, Jack Charlton wasn't exactly, he wasn't George Best. Eddie Gray was, a little bit, was always a little bit too quiet for the flash part. Peter Lorimer was that. You can look at the pictures of him or Oddie's, you see him in the nightclubs. And and he had he had that about him and now he just sounds seems like a, a bitter old man which is what hanging around with Ken Bates can perhaps do so uh, Ken person. has to have his uh, his nomination for this as well um, can we give a uh, think of a reason for this yeah his interview today what his state you... radio address on Yorkshire Radio today yeah what, what was he complaining about today the trust yeah he that was horrible that... man we spoke to earlier yeah oh what a what a prick he was did, did you hear him <laughs> Effing and blinding Colin Leeds fans this and that I was I mean I know he's in Hull where he uh, was brought up and lives but 
here in Leeds, I was frightened for my safety, having that man talking <laughs> yeah, to the, the, down the, the latest thing that um, the supporters trust are going to do. He said that if all away clubs will do, they'll, they'll fear demonstrations or shouting and bawling and they'll cut our ticket allocation. So we won't be able to, if, if basically if you're supporting Lost, then you won't be able to go and watch Leeds anymore. That's what's going to happen. Is that what you want? <laughs> it's another way, it's a quote, Ken, it's another way. The good fans suffer for the idiocy of the, well, four and a half thousand, a thousand people on the march, but the few. I mean, to me, this seems like a bit of an open goal in terms of who we should give the award to, but the unwritten rule is we can't give it to Ken. Well, so. because nobody we yet has mentioned... Nobody yet has mentioned El Juf, who's managed to wound up the Leeds United team player by player, while one of our own lay apparently dead. <laughs> and we also haven't mentioned um, Gary McSheffrey. I may have alluded to him right, earlier, okay, so but very briefly, but he if he doesn't win this, I'm... We're, we're, we are tight on time, so let's start to rule them out. Let's, let's rule them out then. No um, Ken, because he's not allowed to win it. Yeah, it's his award. Um, Lash, can we as, as tempting as it may be? I, I'm tempted to give it to him because I consider him an extension of Ken Bates. <laughs> but he's done some good for Leeds United in the past. So. Yes, but this is in the last fortnight. If We're you, only judging yeah. him on that. If you cut Lorimer off, Ken, another will grow in his place. <laughs> right. Okay. So we can't give it to Lash, um, which leaves us with two beautiful characters: El Juff and Townsend, the head Townsend. Three McSheffrey. Again, it leaves us with two, the head Townsend and El Hadj Juff. Ah! All right, one of those two. Oh, let's give it to Townsend. Townsend. You think so? Because he's directly attacked us. Because Juff got his comeuppance. Yeah. Juff fall, falls out with everyone as well. Okay. If, if the, a nunnery somewhere was having a villain of the fortnight, Juff would somehow work his way onto their list. <laughs> so and if we give it to Townsend, because he's playing in Birmingham, that's near Coventry, so he could probably, like, McSheffrey will probably see it at some point, and he would wave it in his face another trophy. He hasn't won. So well done, Andros Townsend, you empty vessel of a human. The award is not on its way to you. There's a lot of capacity as well. If he was to fill that head, be, he looks like a yard of ale turned upside down. <laughs> Any other business? Come on, bang's table, get on with it. There was something. Oh, uh, we we nearly mentioned when we were talking about Scotland before, Wales are also playing right now and it's a big Gary Speed memorial match tonight. So hopefully we That's can't all. tell because we're in an airless room, but um, I'm sure they'll have done him proud because they've been planning this for ages making a suitably big deal of it so indeed indeed respect for that and we're just about done save for telling you about issue seven of the magazine um which came out to the week we've got a few hundred copies of that left what's in it there's a very persuasive uh piece about who the next manager should be adam jubb making the um the the bold claim that nobody will listen to, that Neil Warnock should uh, should be Leeds United's next manager. Out on a limb with that one, Adam. I don't see it happening. But So that's in issue seven. Yeah, so if you'd like to see who we think should be the next Leeds United manager, by issue seven, it'll be on sale at the ground. There's also um, the secret diary of a, of a certain former loanee at Elland Road who... Uh, um, Sherry McGeffrey by any chance <laughs> don't mention that and if you, um, so that's in there enough about him enough about him if you want to get the mag it will be on sale at the ground or you can get it via the squareball.net don't forget the digital download option which is cheaper than the paper copy and pop straight to your computer doesn't it that's clever we will return then in a fortnight all being well as long as Ollie doesn't need any further uh, surgery to complete the operation it's your all voice, done now your voice is quite deep considering the it's to take the tablets oh good it's ongoing but in uh, terms of surgery completely and stunning you are too <laughs> we will be back in a fortnight so thanks from me goodbye from me and Michael goodbye Moscow goodbye and Odwina goodbye don't forget to get in touch podcast at thesquareball.net tweet us at squareball grab us on Facebook 
We'll speak to you in a fortnight. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.